This is the second part of the 16th episode of the Kurdish Edition podcast. The song that I started this episode with is uh, Palestine uh, by Juan Hajo and another singer whose name is not known to me. This song was uh, most likely recorded in 1981 and it was in one of the earlier versions of uh, Juan Hajo's famous album called Diyarbakir. It is a beautiful song and one of the many uh, where Palestine is mentioned in Kurdish revolutionary music, especially during those years uh, when Kurds and Palestinians and their struggles were very much connected. I have heard many stories about this song uh, and Juan Hajo's uh, reaction uh, in the recent years to that, but all of my attempts uh, to contact Juan Hajo to find out more about it and the name of the other singer has unfortunately failed. In this part, uh, I continue discussing the relationship between the Kurdish and Palestinian struggles for self-determination with Elif Genç. Elif is a PhD student in politics at the New School for Social Research, working on Kurdish struggle in the diaspora, and an adjunct uh, professor of politics at St. John's University and Marymount uh, College in New York. She is also an activist in the Kurdish women's freedom movement in Canada and the United States. She recently wrote a piece on Kurdish-Palestinian movement's uh, relationship with a focus on uh, many uh, developments in the uh, recent years and the politics involved uh, in this relationship uh, for a special issue on Kurdistan in Middle East report. Elif, uh, thank you so much for uh, being on the Kurdish Edition podcast. Uh, I'm uh, really glad that you could make it uh, to uh, uh, our conversation to uh, this episode to talk about this very important issue of uh, uh, the relationship between Palestinian and Kurdish uh, resistance. So uh, in an article that you recently published in the Middle East uh, report, you uh, kind of provide a brief background into this history of the relationship between these two uh, people of uh, the Middle East region. But by the very end, you mentioned that uh, the PKK leader, Abulaw Jalan, and I'm quoting you, uh, reportedly declared his desire uh, to make Rojava into today's Baqa Valley uh, as a place for internationalists to come together and uh, struggle against colonial oppression. But at the same time, you also talk about this uh, uh, Kurdish real politics that uh, because of the conditions that they are in and their many struggles, the many fronts that they are uh, uh, struggling and fighting against uh, uh, Islamic jihadist groups, fighting against the Turkish states, against uh, uh, the Syrian uh, Ba'athist regime, like all these authoritarian regimes and sectarian groups, they don't have this luxury to reject, uh, as you say, any potential political dialogue. Uh, and I'm again quoting you from the article. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you see a revolutionary solidarity politics uh, coming from the Kurdish uh, movement and Kurdish activists, uh, Kurdish political uh, movement while uh, they are engaged in many struggles in many fronts. How do we uh, bring Bakha Valley, our uh, kind of recreate Bakha Valley in Rojava 
while Rojava has to uh, has to engage with the, these tactical alliances uh, with imperial forces, uh, to be honest, with forces that uh, are not desirable for uh, the people of the region. Okay, um, I want to start by saying thank you so much for having me today. I'm really happy to be here and um, I'm so happy that we're having a discussion about such a pressing issue that I, we don't, you don't hear a lot about these days, like you don't hear a lot about, but um, it's really a, quite a fascinating relationship and its nuances and everything. Um, yeah, just like right off the bat, I mean, that's, that's such a great question or just like a really good way to sort of pose it because I think what becomes very clear to anyone who's sort of you know familiar with Kurdish movement is that Kurdish like Kurdish movement its leader like its revolutionary leader you know Abdullah Öcalan but also its founding members like Mustafa Karasu or just they are very clear about their position when it comes to Palestine and Israel they are constantly saying that Palestine you know we support Palestine we have this history together um, Israel is just Zionism it's settler colonialism. I mean, they're very open about it. And they were very open recently when um, the US, you know, out of nowhere, basically, well, I don't know. I mean, just such a, so bizarrely said that Jerusalem was the capital of, of Israel, right? They, they came out and said, you know, we, we're, we're very much against this. So, and, and recently in, these, in the last um, attacks against Palestine, they have been, you know, very, they've been very vocal about, about how they feel. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily, you don't see too much, or as, as far as I can see, like you don't see too much um, action behind this necessarily. Like there's, there's, a, there's certainly a dialogue, there's lots of support, but I mean, I think creating these international solidarity networks just period can be extremely difficult. And that's why like when you're saying, you know, how do we recreate like a Becca Valley or how do we recreate this space where international revolutionaries were able to come together in Rojava well, in some ways, Rojava has already kind of accomplished this. I mean, people have been coming now for what, like uh, at least most of this decade to Rojava to do to do revolutionary work or to be like kind of participants in, in some capacity in what they believe is like ecological, you know, egalitarian feminist project. And, and for them, you know, and other reasons, of course, in the case of Becca Valley, it was actually like a training, you know, it's a training guerrilla camp. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and that has its, its I mean, in terms you want of- you to talk uh, a little bit about how Abeka uh, yeah. Valley became so significant in uh, the Kurdish resistance? Yeah, I feel like I should, right? Because we're saying Becca Valley, Becca Valley, and yeah. we shouldn't make any assumptions that anyone knows what that means. So Becca Valley is in Lebanon. Um, I mean, roughly around late, uh, actually, you know what, it started in late, uh, late 70s or like early 1980s and then it went on I believe until about the the 90s throughout the 90s um the Kurdish movements uh and at that point it wasn't it wasn't formed in fact um but many Kurdish political groups that were escaping the Turkish coup of 1980 came to Bekaa Valley to train with Palestinian um guerrilla groups and at this point it was PFLP Popular Front for Liberation of Palestine, and then there's the Democratic Front for Liberation of Palestine. So PFLP, CFLP were the ones running those training camps. And by no means am I saying that it was just exclusively Kurdish movement or the factions that eventually become Kurdish movement coming there. There were people coming from Angola, from Cuba. It was a, it was a space 
of internationals, right? But in our, you know, in our case, in, in the case of, 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 of Kurdish movement, it is such a pinnacle moment because it basically, you know, allowed for the PKK to become militarized, to become, you know, actually a, an armed guerrilla group, uh, group. Because until 1984 in Shemdemle, they were not actually, you know, and uh, they had not, um, they, there was no uh, armed, you know, military uh, or armed guerrilla group, of course, right, up to that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, how to recreate this. I mean, I think, in, like I said, and I think in some ways Rojava really does offer us that potential. I also felt like in Baku or in northern part of Kurdistan, right, during when Jizre and Nusaybi and Sur, I mean, for, you were in Sur in the, you know, the thick of it, right, you know, right in the middle of this, that was also like such a potential for people to support internationally those, you know, autonomous neighborhoods that basically said we are autonomous from Turkish state, right? Right. But they got brutally crushed. So, yeah. you know, I mean, so, I think, yeah. So back to Rojava and uh, uh, recreation of this Baka Valley, because this recreation also means uh, this strong solidarity that we saw between between the Kurds and Palestinians and the Arab left. So uh, many Arab uh, uh, leftists, many Arab groups, uh, like sometimes uh, progressive, sometimes uh, nationalist, uh, in a sense, there are some kind of oppositions and we hear a lot about them in our uh, groups, you know, in Toronto and in North America and Europe, there are some, uh, Syrian intellectuals, Arab intellectuals, who kind of uh, uh, um, speak really uh, bad about the, this Kurdish experience. Uh, and with that, Kurds, they say, there is a, like a very uh, and a nasty history um, uh, behind uh, how Kurds collaborated with Israeli forces and how Palestinians and Arabs collaborated with uh, Saddam Hussein and uh, later with this, uh, 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 even with the Iranian regime. Uh, so the, the, in this whole messiness, how we can start uh, a new episode, a new uh, approach to our solidarity? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great, um, you know, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it is, it is utterly like the, there's so much going on there. Like there's the animosity that Kurdish people feel towards like Islam in general, which is kind of a bizarre sort of oxymoron if you, because most of them are like identifying Muslims, but they are against, you know, because of what, what they, you know, the horror and very understandably, but against the horrors of what they went through with ISIS and everything, they have this kind of animosity towards, you know, uh, anything that seems like it's sort of, um, you know, fundamental Islam. And that's not a bad place to be necessarily. But what it means is that basically all the Kurds now equate like Arabs and within that becomes, you know, Palestinians um, with 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 uh, ISIS or, or they have this like huge animosity. And I mean, I've encountered it firsthand uh, just from some of the like, you know, leaders of Kurdish community in North America. Now I can only speak to my own experiences in, you know, North America, Europe, you know, uh, but, but I think in terms of like international solidarity, I mean, these are really like 
you know pinnacle and um, and like epicenters, right? Of of how of how we can move how we can move forward on that. So you know, and then there's like the created animosity because of how Erdogan is kind of supporting Palestinians. I mean, not kind of openly supporting Palestinians on like a soapbox, basically. You know, getting up there and saying, you know, and like condemning Israel and it was, you know, at the time Netanyahu for their treatment of Palestinians. And that has like, that has, you know, morphed into this, into this, you know, these scenes now where at, we go to, Pal like, let's say, you know, Kurds will, Kurdish people will go to Palestinian protests, want to support, want to reach out, want to have international solidarity networks. And then they are encountered by their own colonial oppressor, you know? So it's like, it's just full of Turkish flags. And, you know, and that obviously is very dissuading to, to you know, to our, to Kurdish movement because, you know, and, and also, I mean, I've seen images, I don't wanna like say this too much because I don't know who these particular individuals were, but there were people like, um, there have been, you know, like a lot of images in these protests of um, Palestinian supporters wearing like Saddam Hussein on like t-shirts and like openly supporting Saddam Hussein. And so you could understand, of course, because of uh, Halebje and, you know, the, the history, Anfal and the history, the, the genocide that the Kurdish people, you know, experienced at the hands of that yeah, I mean, I bloody mean, dictator. Th yeah, that's true. Sorry, I, mean, I might be going off topic a little no, bit. No, no, yeah, I mean, I uh, we, th this is uh, right at the heart of these complexities and this messiness, because at the same time, uh, we have many Kurdish uh, commentators, intellectuals, like I have seen some really outrageous uh, comments on Twitter, like people, uh, like, uh, like elite Kurdish intellectuals saying that the Jews and the Islam's war is not ours or Jews Arabs uh, fight is not ours. And uh, they are talking about this history, but at the same time, we have this uh, 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 politics of uh, Barzani, uh, which is openly for Israel and promoting Israel. So we have this messiness on both sides. And uh, I see your point, but uh, I mean, uh, we spoke about this example of Germany, uh, the protests that were in Germany. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because something beautiful happened there after all of this messiness uh, when uh, Turkish fascists went to this Palestinian solidarity protest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were precisely like we were talking about, um, you know, the mass protests that were coming out of like North America. I'm here in New York. I mean, it was, you know, there's been huge ones and then also in Europe. And then we have that, you know, that also that, uh, that information coming in or seeing it, or uh, there were videos actually that were shared everywhere of this. So, I mean, it's, it's really alarming and so disturbing for people who might like myself, <laughs> who are trying to like create, you know, international solidarity work with, with, with Palestinian groups and, you know, we saw, and what you saw is that there was a guy who was wearing a YPE, um, a YPG flag, so civil like protection units flag on his back, very, you know, very, um, you know, on uh, like, um, like not a threat in any way, obviously just there to support. And because of the multitude of Turkish fascists that are now part of 
of the Palestinian protests and the Palestinian resistance that we're seeing on the ground, they asked that they very forcefully asked that individual to leave. And then you had, you know, the rest of his friends coming and there was this big like standoff basically between like the Turkish fascists and the Kurds, which is, uh, you know, Kurdish movement or people who support, you know, um, Kurdish movement. Uh, because, and that's, you know, that's just a scenario that we always encounter. So it's really unfortunate because it's like, now you're going to go to a protest where you want to show solidarity with a group that we have so much in common with. I mean, in terms like that's, that's, I think what is really hard for some people or for us to understand is like, well, logically, ideologically, uh, you know, historically, everything says that we should, you know, we should support Palestine. We should support, I mean, we are, you know, it, I like, I mean, it just, it, it's almost like, this is like our biggest um, uh, um, comparison in the Middle East to yeah. the situation with Kurdistan, right? With Iraq, Iran, Syria, But there was Turkey. this beautiful thing uh, that I mentioned happened and this uh, group, uh, uh, called Coalition for Palestinian Rights and Against Racism, uh, Palestina Spricht, I, uh, this is a German name. They kind of uh, published this statement uh, condemning the Turkish fascists and telling them uh, that we, uh, we are in solidarity with, the Kurdish, uh, with Kurdistan, with their movement, and uh, uh, asked the Turkish fascists to uh, basically uh, and not to come to their uh, protests anymore. And uh, they ended the, their statement with this uh, slogan, Palestina, Kurdistan, Intifada, Sarhaldan. Uh, so we had this as well. Uh, what do yeah. you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I'm, you know, I'm showing the, the I don't want to be like, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to set this up like pessimistically. There is so much, you know, hope. We see a lot of, um, examples right now from the internationals on both sides showing lots of solidarity and um, precisely as you were saying yes I mean this what ended up happening with Turkish fascists is that the Palestinians like started to speak out against them basically you know taking over the space with their own politics with their own never mind Kurdistan it's actually quite obnoxious if you think about it they just show up take over the whole space with their own fascist politics and then they you know, expect say that, oh, this is Palestinian support. I mean, you do the work, like we do this work, you know, you don't show up necessarily with like, you know, a big group on your flags and taking up all the space. Yeah, in Toronto, right? like, they, they ask the people not to bring any flags except for Palestinian flags and kafia. And yeah. uh, like when we went there, uh, there were like so many uh, Islamic, Iranian Islamic Republic's flags and Oof. Turkish flags and uh, we basically had to leave because uh, we couldn't stand it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I myself have like, like it's, the potential is so, it's so much there. And I think the work like really falls on our shoulders to do this, you know, to actually put in the work. So for example, like I'm in New York right now, the New York right now, the protests that have been ongoing here by um, mostly within our lifetime. I don't know if you know the organization, um, headed by like Nadine Kiswane and, you know, and uh, other founding members have just been nonstop throughout New York, thousands of people doing protests. And it is, you know, and it, the onus is on, you know, us or, in, or international organizers 
to try and bridge, you know, bridge that gap. And, and I have like, I've tried to do this work in the past and I always am so kind of, I guess, because, you know, for us, it seems so natural to be aligned with Palestine, but then you encounter these Kurdish diaspora that are really like almost entirely across the board saying something different. Like they'll support PKK, but then they like love Israel, you know, or they'll support, like, it's, it's just a very, like these, you know, completely contradictory, you know, moments. And very often they're always saying, oh, you know, uh, the, the Hamas leader, um, uh, uh, sorry. Um, what's, thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, and you saved me having to like with my horrible Arabic uh, like okay. attempt. So thank you. Um, but, you know, they're always saying, oh, that Hamas leader went with Afrin in 2018 with the invasion of Afrin. He came out and he, you know, he he praised Turkey on that. Yes, but is Hamas necessarily the entire representation of the Palestinian movement? I mean, precisely as we were saying, there were, especially historically, DFLP, PFLP, Leila Khalid. Leila Khalid is still very much, you know, um, she was, and you, you mentioned know, back then. that in your article that at the same time Leila Khalid went to uh, Turkey and Bakuda Kurdistan, Northern Kurdistan, and spoke against the occupation, right? Exactly. She attended the HDP's like third Congress, which I believe she was like, you know, the only the the like the only Palestinian that was there. Um, and she also I mean, this is very, you know, there's a quite a beautiful photo. I think you've seen it of Leila Khalid and Leila Guvan like hugging each other. So, you know, for those of you not familiar, Leila Guvan um, is, was an HD, uh, he is an HDP a member of parliament. Um, you know, there's quite an incredible and uh, heroic and like heartbreaking story behind it, but she was on hunger strike since she'd been arrested in 2018 and she started uh, a hunger strike in 2019. And Leila Khalid at some point in all of this, because it went on for like more than a hundred days, it's very long. She came to visit her and to show her solidarity. And that is such a, you know, that's such a statement in itself. And so, you know, I think we need to look, like I said, I mean, the, the PKK is very clear where they stand, you know? And so if you are, or, you know, the, the various, uh, you know, the various uh, groups that support uh, Kurdistan are very clear about where they stand when it comes to Palestine. What I think is also, basically what I think it comes down to is two things, if I may. One is that the situation with the Palestinians and the, and the Kurdish movements show the factions that exist within the Kurdish struggle, like the Kurdish struggle itself, and the factions that are within the Palestinian. And I can't speak to the Palestinian and I don't want to necessarily, you know, I just said there's, you know, there's obviously leftist feminist groups that are not, you know, that are actually very openly opposed to Hamas, you know, like it's not just complete, you know, because Hamas is, is, is you know, is arguing for political Islam, right? So, I mean, it, it, it comes down to the fact that the more so and then in arc and then in the uh Kurdistan the second case, part, which is yeah and the yeah should i can yeah, i go yeah. yeah and then in the kurdistan case it's you know the the kurdish movement is you know there's kurdish movement and now there's like kdp uh kdp K, the krg and we have so much internal strength i mean we're on the brink of like maybe a you know a uh an armed conflict. I mean, I, anyway, I mean, I'm just saying like, that's how tense the situation is, right? So, you know, it, it kind of goes to show those two, you know, that, that, that 
the relationship is so fractured because we ourselves are so fractured. We are not, we don't have, you know, there is not, and it doesn't necessarily need to be the case because I think internationalists can align with the Palestinian movement. And then, you know, these more like, you know, because like when, you know, these more nationalist kind of like uh, nationalist supporters of Israel can like, you know, can just continue their discourse over there because it's so similar, you know, like during Kurdish referendum, people, uh, which is, you know, obviously more like Barzani's, you know, territory and everything and Talibani and everything, they, they were flying Israeli flags, you know? So it's, it's just like, but that's not, that's not a representation of Kurdish movement, right? In, in any way. So, so that, yeah, I think that that's like one really key point. And then I have a second point, but I can stop. You mentioned all of these groups, all of these different uh, actors in the region. And for us, for Kurdish activists outside of Kurdistan, in Europe, in North America, who have connections with uh, many movements, with many solidarity groups, uh, maybe as final comment, uh, what course of action or what kind of uh, strategy you would suggest? Maybe we will have uh, listeners, some listeners uh, from Palestine with Palestinian background. Uh, how do you think we should move forward? I know you and I in Toronto, we, we did something with the Students Against Israeli Apartheid uh, at York University, and we have friends uh, among the Palestinian community. Uh, maybe briefly, what, how do you think we should continue? Or what should be our course of action? I mean, I think, yeah, I, I, um, certainly there are relationships that have been fostered and have the potential to just keep continuing. Like you said, I mean, we, you know, uh, Kurdish movement in Toronto has been supportive of, um, you know, of uh, Palestinian prisoners. And, and there's, I mean, like, you know, the Palestinian movement, and here in, you know, I know that myself, um, you know, for International uh, Women's Day it was kind of the first, I think this was back in 2016. I was on a panel with Nardin Kiswane talking about international feminism on International Women's Day. And it was such an honor to meet her. She is such an, she's like such an incredible, uh, you know, community leader and organizer. And I've had her actually come to my classes because I teach, you know, Middle Eastern feminism and speak about Palestinian feminism, because I think it's something that not that many people are even familiar with necessarily. And, you know, and so it's great because, you know, I have that direct, that di the reason I'm giving this example is because I have that direct connection now to contact, um, you know, uh, to contact um, within our lifetime, you know? So there, and there, there you have it. Then you have like, at least, you know, some Kurdish organizers creating networks with 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 the Palestinian movement in in New York, and we're gonna keep this is gonna keep happening. Like these kind of examples are gonna keep happening because our demands, our ideologies, our you know entire revolutionary projects align so much that we are bound to just you know move together. And you know, and to be honest with you, do not let your you know like, I mean, those people out there who are supporting uh, Israel that you know consider themselves supporters of Kurdish movement. Like you are, you know, the, you are supporting the colonialists, you are supporting Turkey, you are, you know, this is this is who is represented in in, in that scenario, you know? So it, it's, it's completely contradictory. And then, you know, and, and like I said, also the trade right now between Israel and Turkey is like 
higher than ever. I mean, that's the other thing. It's a complete smokescreen, you know, mm. when it comes to Turkey's support of Palestine. Uh, I didn't mention that, but I'll mention it now. Complete smokescreen. Israel and Turkey have like stronger relations than they've ever had before. You know what I mean? So this, so these are, this is, you know, uh, such a, yeah, like a crucial part of that. So we, uh, we basically need to strengthen this solidarity despite uh, uh, what we are seeing uh, in this uh, shifting uh, coalitions in the region. And uh, I, uh, I, I really second uh, what you're saying and uh, working on these principles of solidarity. Thank you so much, Elif. I really appreciate you uh, joining uh, uh, the Kurdish Edition podcast. Uh, uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And if I may, Palestina, Kurdistan, Intifada, Serhilda. <laughs> thank you. Jangagal, 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 Jangag